one night in the middle of the night, I ended up in the ER with some severe abdominal pain. And it was a long night. I was in a lot of pain. They weren't sure what was going on. My abdomen was filling up apparently with blood, which we um, realized as I was getting an ultrasound. And during that ultrasound, the doctor, the ER doctor burst into the room and said, Mrs. Gowdy, you're pregnant. I think you're having an eptopic pregnancy. So in one sentence, in the middle of the night, in a dark hospital room, I hear, you're pregnant and you're going to lose your baby and possibly your own life. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. But give me Jesus. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Jesus existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Jesus. Welcome back, listening friends, to episode three in our Jesus Stories series. And again, thanks to Fernando Ortega and that beautiful version of the old hymn, Give Me Jesus. With me this week, instead of going outside, I went and found my friends in the building. John Dale on our team, Jamie, Sue, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. Thank you. Good to have you guys here today. We just, we're just telling Jesus stories, wanting to encourage and inspire and, and maybe invite people in, into some new ways of, oh gosh, I would love to hear from God, or mm -hmm. I'd, love, I'd love a note like that. Or, so there's a variety of stories over the course of weeks. I think somebody's story is going to stand out for each person listening and going, oh, that's me. That's for me. I, I need that from God. So I know you well, and I know your rich life with God. However, as you're driving in this morning, knowing, oh gosh, I'm going to be in this podcast studio telling Jesus stories, what are you feeling? Exactly that. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> what am I going to say? Should I have prepared more? Do I need to figure something out? Right? Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm literally driving in going, I have no Jesus story. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. Do I even know Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> I, I sat down at the table 
10 minutes ago, John, and you, you know, and you kind of asked what, what stories are you going to share? And I literally was a blank slate, which is why I went last and let Sue and Jamie go first. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Yes. Like, what is that? Because when the pressure isn't on mm-hmm. and you realize Jesus and I have a long story together. Right. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of miles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stories to tell, but somehow that all, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. is it the pressure? Is it the performance? Yeah, yeah. I think so. It's this big giant microphone. Is it the big fuzzy thing in front of your face here? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But Jamie, I really loved what you said earlier. Yeah. So I chose to bring that pressure to God and say, do I need more stories? Do, do you want to say more things? And um, I just felt him chuckle and say, where am I not in your story right now? What places in your life am I not there? I was like, okay, right, yes. Meaning you're, you're, not, you're, not where do you feel abandoned, but, right. but rather, Jamie. Like, I'm, I'm everywhere. Just pick something because there's nowhere in your life that, that I'm not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I was saying in the first episode, I love hanging around with Jesus people. Mm. I just love it. They're my favorite people. And just coffee, dinner, conversation, walks. And the conversation is usually something like, so how are you? But what it means is... What's God up to? Yeah, what's God up to? And it's like, it's right there. It doesn't take a lot to find Jesus in our lives Mm -hmm. when when we have the the heart space Mm -hmm. to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to tell some more stories this week. And I want to start actually with an exercise that we did as a staff because it triggered something for you, John. We... Let's see, back in the fall of last year, Mm -hmm. we had a vision kind of day together, right? right? And one of the exercises we did was tapping into, how are you? 2020 has been rough, you know, global trauma, et cetera. How's your concentration? How's your mental focus? How's your hope? You know, and we kind of did a variety of things. And it was pretty revealing Mm. of how tapped out we were. And I think the big revelation question was when I asked about our reserves, mm-hmm. right? And there was a pretty honest unanimity of not much left in the tank. Okay. So it was early this year that I circled back around, um, this time just by email, just kind of pinged the staff and said, okay, hey, let's do that again. It's been three months. How are you now? You know, and here's some updated questions, that sort of thing. And John, that began a a journey for you with Jesus. Yeah, so the part that John didn't know at the time was that literally the night before, I had sat down with Amy, my wife, and had a conversation where I basically confessed to her that I was not doing well, um, that I had had several months uh, where I'd just been struggling emotionally. And she had strongly encouraged me that I should talk to a few of my close friends and to you, John. And 
the interesting thing was just telling her how I was doing, there was some measure of relief in that. And so I found myself the next morning like really questioning whether I was actually getting better and did I need to talk to anyone. And certainly I didn't want to tell John like, oh, hey, I'm I'm the guy, I'm the man down on the team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I walk into my office literally the next morning and I open up my laptop and I have an email from you saying, how are you doing? Yeah, hey, and everybody. And it was literally like, it was as if God was there mm-hmm. saying to me, tell John the truth. Mm. Okay. And I did. And you, I think you had asked us, hey, scale of one to 10, you were looking for like a number reply and I wrote you a short novel. And that was <laughs> the beginning of a journey um, of several months where I spent time with a counselor and God has used it in remarkable ways. Like I am well mm. now. And there were things that were, you know, decades in the making that God wanted to address. Um, And he, in part, used a simple question from you in an email email. to speak to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So how many times has a text, an email, Mm -hmm. a, a voicemail, right, triggered something in your life from Jesus? Right, that just so many. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hundreds in mm-hmm. yeah. that. Yeah. We were talking with the winners last week about just the beauty of bringing your kids into this too, mm-hmm. and and Jesus showing up for your kids, seeing Jesus mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. coming for your kids as well. Jamie, you've got a sweet story. Yeah, I think um, I. Th- I think you have to have eyes to see where Jesus is showing up. And if you don't, you'll miss it. You'll miss that that email was from God um, checking in on your heart. So I've been trying to be more aware of the places where he is showing up um, that I might maybe miss. I had a really sweet moment a couple weeks ago. My son, who's really into soccer, he's nine years old, had a soccer game that evening and it threw our evening off a little bit. It was later. So dinner was later, homework was later and getting to bed was later. So I was preparing for bed, brushing my teeth, that kind of stuff while my husband Tyler was putting Sky to bed, laying down with him, tucking him in, trying to wind him down for the night. And I overhear Sky start asking Tyler questions about the soccer game. And my husband was also a, a soccer guy growing up, so he has the capacity to field these questions in a way that I do not. <laughs> and, and I heard Sky say, like, Dad, did you see when this happened? I did this, but I'm wondering if maybe I should have done this instead. And Tyler just entering into that story, not saying, no, nah, we're not going to talk about that now. It's bedtime. But no, like, oh, yeah, when this happens, here's what I would do. And just fathering him. So I overhear this conversation, and then I hear Jesus say, I'm right there. I'm in that room. Mm. I'm parenting Sky. I'm, I'm parenting him through Tyler's fathering. It was just a sweet moment that could have really just been blown off as mm. life and our family life. And um, I loved that Jesus just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, listen in there. Listen in there, because I'm there right now. Mm. It was so sweet. Mm. 
Mm, okay, confession. The book on parenting that I want to write is the book I can never write. And, <laughs> and, it, and it's the book on parenting adult children. Uh-huh. Mm. And the reason is you can't tell those stories. Mm. Like, those aren't my stories to tell. Right. And you can tell the soccer stories, and you can tell the Lego stories, and you can tell kind of like this, the young years feel like that's fairly safe material. But as your as your children become you know, grown-ups and adults in their own right and their worlds and their lives. And I don't personally feel the permission to tell those stories. But as you're talking about Jesus saying, I'm right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the confession. I woke up really early this morning anxious about a set of decisions that one of our married children are going through right now. So all three sons are married. They've all got worlds, careers, da 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 And one couple is in the midst of some decisions that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But it's none of my business, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like, they have every right in the world to be making those decisions. I could be dead wrong is the truth of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I woke up super anxious. And it took me a while to settle into prayer, it took me a while to begin to find God in it. And and like, so Jamie, just to hear you say like, Jesus, that's literally what he said this morning is I'm in this. Mm -hmm. I'm in this. I, I am with them. You don't see me right now because you don't trust me Mm -hmm. with them. And I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, totally busted. Yep. Don't trust you with this, therefore I don't see you in it. Mm-hmm. Turn my heart towards him a little bit this morning. And this isn't a dramatic recovery. You know, this, I'm about 50% there. <laughs> um, but even that, even 50% got me to, oh, it's, it, it's that I, I don't see you in it because I'm not looking for you in it. I'm already assuming you're not in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so thank you for that. And Subi, you've got a pretty big Jesus story going on in your life these days. I do. How do we even get into that story? <laughs> How do we tell it? I think it's important at least to start thinking of the people listening of this has been a very long season. A, I don't know, years and years of years. A life story, yes, practically. Yes, yeah. and, and like moments of not even asking for it anymore because I couldn't handle feeling like God's not answering me. Yep. And the singleness, yeah. the loneliness. Yep. The song that you're playing, you know, when I am alone, Yeah. you know, and so many years of being alone and feeling like it's all up to me. And um, I think in this last year and a half with COVID and everything and caring for my mom and it all feeling totally up to me, I, I was just worn out. Like I was at that place of, I'm, I don't know, I'm done. I'm tired trying to get out of doing yep. stuff and like not loving where I'm living. I don't know. It's just, it felt pretty hopeless and a little despair seeping in, but um, I felt Jesus asked me this past summer very kindly, very gently, 
who do you want to trust? And, and he, he's like, you can trust yourself or you can trust me. And because I feel like in what I got trapped into doing is, is making the agreement is it was all up to me. You know, my future, my, my mom living period, you know, like, and like, and I just finally said, okay, okay, I'll trust you. And, put my house up for sale, um, sold them one weekend. Like I, it just like something broke off. Like Mm -hmm. when I let go of the control, when I finally just was like, okay, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. Sold my house. And then, um, randomly someone that I had to, kind of had a little secret crush on, um, God put me on his heart. And he was is a, a widower that his wife had passed, I don't know, year and a half or so ago at that point. And it's been crazy good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know. It's like it's such a great story. But Mel Burton's birthday party, he had contacted them and told the story of how God changed his heart because he was not going to marry again. Mm-hmm. He was happy with loving his his wife, and she's in the kingdom. He's just waiting to join her yeah, and trying to live life in the meanwhile. And then change of heart happened in one evening. I don't know how much he's to go a, into. He's got a but Jesus story yes, to tell. He does, like, yes, he does. Like, yeah. Where does. God comes to him. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, beautiful freedom of heart. Yeah. And he puts Released you. Him. Me specifically. On his heart. Yes. And then I was invited to Mel's birthday party, and he was going to be there. I was leaving the restaurant, and, oh, let me walk you to your car. and And then he told me that he'd like to tell me a story basically of how God put me on his heart. And so the next night we went to dinner, he told me everything and it's, um, we're getting married. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. What's that on your finger? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> right? Yes. Big rock. Oh my gosh. And like, honestly, like, I just feel like the point of this is truly like in the years of feeling unseen, even by God, like, mm-hmm. like, yes. where are you in my story? Do I not matter? That is the best part of this story mm-hmm. is, yeah, I have, I have a lovely, good, godly man, but I have Jesus. Like mm-hmm. he saw all of that. And it's, and he's like, I don't know, like just by one like I, why did I not do it sooner? I don't know, but God's timing. But yeah. um, but so grateful that I just feel so seen by Jesus and and like He gets it, this is His story. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and not just in the romance. Yeah, but in all that went on before. Yeah, and I have I have space in my even in my heart for all the things that I still have to do for my mom, and you know, all of that is still there. Nothing's changed on that level, but I have the space for it now that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So pretty great. It's a really good <laughs> Jesus story. It's wild. Yeah. I know. It yeah. is. I, and 
so many more details, but that, that's okay for now. Yeah. yeah, it is. Jamie, you were talking about, before we were getting started, you were talking about a trauma story that you wanted to share and how Jesus was in it? Yeah. Or came afterwards? Changed or? the story, for sure. Um, yeah, he's definitely in the daily stuff, and then he's also in the major stuff. So that would be this story. Um, my husband and I were newlyweds, had not been married long, and we're not planning to have children for a couple years as, you know, that was our plan. And um, one night in the middle of the night, I ended up in the ER with some severe abdominal pain. And it was a long night. I was in a lot of pain. They weren't sure what was going on. My abdomen was filling up apparently with blood, which we um, realized as I was getting an ultrasound. And during that ultrasound, the doctor, the ER doctor burst into the room and said, Mrs. Gowdy, you're pregnant. I think you're having an eptopic pregnancy. So in one sentence, in the middle of the night, in a dark hospital room, I hear, you're pregnant and you're going to lose your baby. Oh, and Jamie. possibly your own life. So it, it was filled with a lot of chaos because at that point, there's lots of people running in and out of the room prepping me for surgery. My husband is probably just deer in the headlights, <laughs> what's going on. Um, I was, of course, filled with a lot of fear, a lot of pain, and a lot of questions. I wasn't ready to be a mom, and then I'm not ready to to have lost a baby all in one, one sitting. They took me into surgery. Um, as it turns out, it wasn't an eptopic pregnancy. It was a ruptured cyst on my ovary. Um, that had ruptured in a way that was causing internal bleeding. So they were able to fix that. But even then, after the surgery, the doctor said, there's probably a 50-50 chance that the pregnancy is going to stay due to the trauma, mm -hmm. your hormone levels right now. And again, I didn't know how that sat with me because I wasn't sure I wanted to be pregnant, but I definitely didn't want to lose a child Um it was confusing. It was dark. It was there was a lot of anxiety um, in the in the days that that were surrounding that. But um, a few weeks later, as I'm able to to process the trauma and um, ask Jesus about this, like I'm not ready to be a mom. Jesus showed up in prayer and showed me where he was the moment that we found out. That, um, that we were pregnant with my daughter. And um, he took me back to that room where I was getting the ultrasound done and the doctor bursting in um, to deliver the news. And I see Jesus right, right next to my side with his hand on my abdomen mm. and his head thrown back in laughter, mm. joy. Um. Like upon hearing oh. the news oh. that I was going to have a child, his reaction was not fear. It was not chaos. There was none of that. It was only joy. He was only happy about this. And that changed our story. Like, okay, we're pregnant. Jesus is in it. He's not only in it, but he is so happy about this news. And the pregnancy 
stuck. I carried Ella, my now 13-year-old, to term, and she is one of the most amazing, delightful human beings on the face of this planet. Mm -hmm. One of the most confident Mm 13-year-old girls, Mm -hmm. confident enough to be filmed She's oh, in right. your yep. story. Yeah, she's in, in the captivating story. experience yeah. in the new series. Yeah. There's Ella. Yeah. Wow. That was a huge, huge moment. It it changed our entire outlook on what had happened and what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'm I'm sitting in the seat of the listeners, and I know some are asking, how did that come? Did you ask? Were you processing with a counselor? Like mm-hmm. what? Jesus was able to take you back and show you something. Yes. That changed everything. Yes. How did he get you there? Yeah, there, it was, interestingly, there was no fanfare. Um, I have done a lot of counseling, but I was not um, in counseling at this point. It was simply asking while praying okay. and saying, God, where were you in that? Uh, where it, it, We were still in, in kind of the trauma of it, but where are you? What are your thoughts on this particular story? Yeah. Oh, here I am. Let me show you. Wow. I'm here laughing with mm. delight at mm. the news. Mm. Mm. I think everybody ask that question, mm-hmm. right? We all have mm-hmm. that, Sue, all those mm-hmm. years of, Jesus, where are you? Mm-hmm. You're not answering my prayers. We all have that. But there's this other wonderful thing you're describing, Jamie, is the availability of Jesus mm-hmm. to answer right. that. Or, or if not answer it, because there were a lot of years yeah, right. you didn't feel right. answered. Right at least to meet you there, mm. right. meet us there, right? Mm-hmm. In some very significant mm-hmm. way, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. John, can I share a story related to that? Yes. That just triggers. Um, so this would have been last summer. So we're in the middle of COVID. One of the, I mean, I think for most people, a pretty crappy year mm-hmm. on a lot of levels. Universally. Yeah, and I much. was on a bike ride and had ridden up way up on Rampart Range Road, and I'd taken my journal with me. Um, and I was sitting down journaling, and I was kind of just venting to God in my journal about just the year. And like, literally, like I have in the front of my journal, like sort of goals and dreams for the year and words. And I was looking through it, and I was like, not like all the stuff I was excited about for that for last year pretty much got canceled, right? Yeah. Trips, mm-hmm. vacations, all these yep. things. And here we are in summer, stuck, can't go anywhere. And so I'm sitting there venting and I'm like, kind of like, God, do you have anything you want to say about this? And he's like, go back and look at your words for the year. And I go back and look at the word because I keep it in the front of my journal. I go back and look at it. And two of one of them was more than you can think or ask. And the other one was an expansion of boundaries. And I was like, exactly. That is my point, God. This, <laughs> this whole thing, this whole year, none of that's happening. And I literally kind of wrote that in my journal. The next day, I am in the park in our neighborhood. And I bump into a friend of mine that I'm on a board with. 
And he comments to me, hey, John, you know, you've been interested in the house that we're next to. I think that the owners might sell it. And long story short, that opened up what was this incredibly fast journey of God, like literally putting in our lap the specific home we have wanted for years. And I didn't realize it until I was going back through my journal months later, that it was the day before that I had been venting to God. And God had said, literally, just go look at my words, more than you can think or ask, an expansion of boundaries. And so I think there are times when God says things to us in kindness that in the moment we just dismiss as, well, that that can't be God because it doesn't measure up. And so for me, a journal of my conversations with God has just been a really, really helpful tool because it gives this perspective of time yes. that is so hard for us in the moment because we are, we're so in the immediacy of things. Mm-hmm. And God, he just has a long, longer time horizon than we do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because I think like the, the temptation too is to think like, oh my gosh, Sue finally has met somebody. John like gets the, his dream house. Like, but it isn't always that way. Mm-hmm. And there's right? a huge story uh, yes, behind it. Yes, exactly. And yeah. like, I can't wait till the day all of our story is like revealed of like mm-hmm. yeah. that thing that you've prayed for, you've longed for, you've yeah. desired. You know, God used all of that to mm-hmm. prepare me for this part of my story. Yes. You know, it's not to say that we always get the happy ending necessarily. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, like what you were saying, your mom is still needing care and all of the heartache, you know, your aging dog and all that. It's still real. Yeah. All that's still part. All that is still hard and real. That's good. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I just love his way with Mm -hmm. us. And, you know, the venting. I have been on that mountain (laughs) venting to God. Like, I I was just smiling as you were telling the story, going, yep, I know that physical place, and I know that emotional place Mm -hmm. of, Jesus, where are you? Come on. And, And then keeping the heart open enough that he can answer. Yep. In the moment, perhaps, in a dream, a couple weeks later through a phone call from a friend, mm-hmm. might be a staff email, mm-hmm. you know, but he will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He will come. Okay, so I've got a, just a light, fun story of God coming from my wife in a really simple way. My wife, Amy, is awesome, and she has exercise-induced asthma, which is a real bummer in our family because we're like the outdoor adventure. Let's go play. Go do fun stuff. And so for her, like she loves hiking and all that stuff, but it's really challenging for her because of her lungs. And so one of the things that we have been looking forward to as a family, especially this summer, um, is taking bike rides together. And so I decided that something that would help Amy is a pedal assist bike. Just something that gave a little extra help, you know, that, so that mm-hmm. she could uh, keep up with us. You without... mean like an e-bike? Yeah. Like a, yeah, okay. 
So I decided <laughs> that something that really would help Amy is like one of these newfangled electric bicycles that give you extra power yeah. when you're pedaling. And so I took Amy to this bike store down the street from us, and she tried one of these big beach cruisers, which is what she thought she liked. And it was kind of big and heavy, and she felt kind of out of control, and, and she didn't like it. And the guy at the store was like, why don't you try this other smaller bike we have? And it was kind of like fat knobby tires and it was cute and she wouldn't try it. And so I'm like, well, I'll give it a try. And so I tried it and I was like, this is super fun. I was like, Amy, you should really try this. And so she did and she loved it. And long story short, she now has a bright orange <laughs> fat tire pedal assist mountain bike and she loves that thing. I mean, almost every day, she says to the rest of us, hey, do you guys want to go for a bike ride? <laughs> and it's just so much joy yeah. and so much fun. And it's been a gift to Amy and to her heart and a gift to me and a gift to the kids. And it's just got Jesus all over it because we were like this close. And I'm holding my fingers about a centimeter apart, this close to walking out of that store with her saying, uh, I, can't even, I can't use one of these bikes. But there was just something of Jesus prompting of like, no, give it a try. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just fun. Yes. And I'm sure we're going to head out for a bike ride this evening. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Soccer games and bicycles mm -hmm. and ER trauma and wedding plans. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is in it all. Mm -hmm. Parenting and fears yes. and all of it. And friends, we're sharing these stories with the hope of opening your hearts and your imagination and your possibilities mm -hmm. to all kinds of new ways of experiencing Jesus. And one of the things I'm aware of is we all hold on to the trump card, the yeah, but card. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, but and then we name what it is. And so for years, it would have been being single. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, he's, I have wonderful friends. Mm -hmm. He's come for me in so many ways, yep. but. Exactly. And gang, what I really want to encourage you is let go of that yeah, but card. So maybe it isn't right now the relationship. Maybe it isn't your child coming back to Christ. Like that one thing, mm -hmm. don't let that be the thing that stops all of the other right. mm -hmm. yes. potential encounters mm -hmm. with Jesus, words of love, affection, mm -hmm. support, encouragement, joyful things like mm -hmm. bicycles that like, you know how we do that? Like mm -hmm. we say, it's got to be this one thing. This is mm -hmm. the answer to prayer I'm asking mm -hmm. for. Otherwise, I'm not talking to you, God. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage folks, like lay that card down for a while mm -hmm. and let Jesus come in other places mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. To, to enjoy him again and to let that, oh my goodness, just let it catch your heart and let it open up hundreds of encounters that are waiting to happen with you in Jesus. Yes. So Father, that's what we pray for. We're, we're praying for it for ourselves. We're praying for it for our friends. And I'm going to pray in the first person now, Jesus, okay, okay, I want more of you. I want to hear you. I want to see you. 
I invite you in. I surrender my trump cards uh, of insisting of the places that you get to show up. And I ask you for an open heart and for the presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit with me to show me how you're coming. I pray for encounters with you this week. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.